Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into another News for Jags podcast. I'm Jamal St. Cyr alongside Justin Barney. Justin, the Jaguars doinked their way to a victory, but man, you know what? A win's a win. That is right, man. I what a what an awesome game for Jacksonville to actually go on the road. You know, at, I think you can say all you want. Jacksonville was a favorite in that game, but until you actually go on the road and beat a Houston team that absolutely demolished you in Week Three by twenty, and to play a game like that, I know the national narrative's been about C.J. Stroud and the Texans' rise and uh, how he's uh, the best quarterback in the AFC South. So. To go on the road to get that um, in a pressure-packed situation and to have the defensive line and the pass rush, a maligned unit all season long, come up as big as it did on that final drive, really a uh, an unbelievable performance against Houston and uh, one to really be proud of if you're the Jaguars and Doug Peterson. Yeah, look, they, that was a big win for this team as they continue to move through uh, each week. Now they really control their own destiny. I think we talked about it last week. We kind of went through why that game was just so important. They needed that win. They walked out with it. So the big thing now, all right, now all of a sudden you have a two-game lead in the AFC South. You're hanging around with the elite of the AFC with what could be a cakewalk schedule the rest of the way. And, I mean, that game, I don't think there's any way to really kind of – diminish how important that victory was on Sunday and and you I think you addressed it two weeks ago how little margin for error there was for Jacksonville in that game and had you lost to Houston you're uh, suddenly uh, you're not controlling your own destiny you're behind the Texans you've been swept by them in the regular season and uh, I mean a massive massive performance for the Jaguars you go from um 98% 98% now, according to ESPN analytics, a 98% chance of making the playoffs, a 92% chance of winning your division, a 15% chance of, of being number one seed in the AFC. But you look at the Texans, they lose that game. They have a 53% chance of making the playoffs, mm-hmm. um, a, 50, a 15% chance of winning the division. So uh, your Jacksonville, that just shows you how much that game meant, how big that game meant. I mean, you lose that game, suddenly you're – Two games behind Texans, in a sense. You know, you have that two-game loss to them. Um, Texans, a very favorable schedule on the way out. And you just see with those numbers, Texans losing that game, you know, they would have been equal records, Jacksonville, had uh, had Houston won that game. So, um, But Houston's playoff chances and, and chance to win the division uh, go up exponentially with a win on Sunday. So, just, you cannot downplay just how important that game was yesterday. And, and not just for statistics alone, but for morale as well, confidence as well. Um, that you can't measure that in that game yesterday, but I think uh, I think Jacksonville walking around a little bit, a uh, little bit more pep in its step on Monday. Hey, don't worry, uh, we won't have to live through this situation again last year. I'd be willing to bet. Hey, I'm not in the schedule makers meetings, but you know that the last two years the Jaguars are, are going to have ra- 
wrapped up their season with the Titans. It's going to be the Texans. It's going to be the Texans. It's going to be Texans next year. The NFL will take care of that. They'll be like, all right, you know what? If these are going to be the two teams in the AFC South, don't you worry. You'll play them twice in like December in the last week of the season. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting, these two teams moving forward. But the Jaguars got the win, and they're in the driver's seat right now. So as you start to look ahead to what's next for this team, you start saying, okay, you feel pretty comfortable about where you stand in the AFC South. It, there, there would have to be a lot to go on. I mean, they'd have to lose two games. Actually, they'd have to, they'd have to lose two games more than anyone behind them in the South. Right. And so you're, you're basically you have a two-and-a-half game lead on Houston right now. Yes. Um, with a favorable schedule coming up. You know, we thought the Joe Burrow game would be tough. Nope. He's out for the year. You thought the, the Cleveland game. Miles Garrett's in a sling. Miles Garrett's in a sling. Amari Cooper left the game yep. on Sunday. So you're you're talking a lot of things that have kind of played to your advantage and worked out to your advantage just within the last three weeks of the season, how it's played out. So uh, Jacksonville uh, in a much better position than it was when you when you uh, looked at that San Francisco loss and how it felt like the sky was falling and um, things just did not look good on offense. The offensive line getting torn apart. Offensive line had been playing extremely well in that Titans and, and Texans game. Pass rush has come along, so it's amazing how just in the last three weeks things look a lot more positive, a lot more stable in Jacksonville than they did when they came back from that bye. It's interesting you say that the offensive line looks stable because they did play a fantastic game against the Texans. I mean, Trevor Lawrence was had plenty of time back there. I mean, they did some naked boots, moved him around a little bit, which we can see what Doug meant about him not being as healthy before because now they're doing some of the things mm-hmm. that they had stopped doing. But the offensive line played a really good game, and this was after Cam Robinson left with an injury, which is a blow to the team, but at the same time, they kind of had that built-in, uh, I guess, mechanism, that built-in in depth to handle that. Right, from last year when we saw it down the stretch last year, Cam Robinson tears his meniscus uh, in the right knee last year. Uh, this is the, an injury to the left knee, the same one that he injured in 2018 when he tore his Achilles and or tore his uh, ACL in week two. So uh, you had that last year with Walker Little coming in and getting six six games down the stretch last year, including two in the playoffs uh, with that Cam Robinson injury. So you've uh, you've almost uh, fortified yourself in the sense that you got some backup in Ezra Cleveland. You traded for him. Walker's gotten uh, immense reps at left tackle, so you don't feel nearly as bad as you would have. Um, last season, being you didn't know Walker Little, what he was capable of, I think you're in a lot better spot. Ezra Cleveland looked good on uh, on Sunday with that first really extended reps out of him. Look, Walker Little's a natural tackle. Uh, look, they were playing him at guard just to get him out on the field, but he's a tackle. At the end of the day, that's where he is. That's what he's going to be in the NFL when it's all said and done. So this just kind of puts him back at his natural spot. And Ezra Cleveland is a guard. And he's a pretty good guard. I mean, mm-hmm. he gives them something that they had been trying to find from that guard position. There was a big play from Dearness Johnson, and Ezra was Huge like play. 40 yards down the field in front of him. Yeah. Dearness Johnson has played phenomenal yeah, last two he weeks. Has. He has looked extremely well. And the one thing you notice on that play, you mentioned that, that little screen pass, was how far down the field Ezra Cleveland was yep. on that play. He was the lead guy on that. That's what I'm saying. So you, Tyler Shatley's serviceable was playing fine, you're not getting that from Tyler Shatley. Right. He's not good. He's just not going to get there. He's not that kind of athlete. While Ezra Cleveland, on the other hand, can get out there, get in front of those things. They're able to do some of those different things on the offensive line. It's those sorts of flexibility that uh, that that makes a difference. And, you know, what's funny is, like, I, it's we're excited that Ezra Cleveland got put into that spot and is getting this opportunity, even though you hate this, this injury for Cam Robinson. 
but I, I'm also the person that says, you know, that that play before the half, I think it's a touchdown if Ezra Cleveland's yeah. on the field as the extra blocker laying the block. Right. Because ultimately they put Blake Hans in the backfield almost like an H-back. Hans goes to lay the block on a safety, Jalen Petrie. And generally, I mean, we saw what happened when Trent Williams was trying to block Darius oh, Williams yeah. and Darius was running for his life. You're like, ah, a guard on a safety. I like that yeah, matchup. Like that one, yeah, right? that works. Yeah. Well, Petrie beat Hans <laughs> and blew up the play. And if it's Cleveland, Cleveland probably gets out there a little bit faster. He's able to kind of seal off that block. And Etienne's probably walking into the edge on the touchdown. It's a foot race between him and a linebacker. My money's on on Travis. Do you Go back to that play for a minute. Do yeah. you – I, in that situation, I know there's one second left. There's, um, I mean, you're talking three and a half feet to the end zone. I just, in that situation, even now, I know Peterson has spoken about it, that he would not change anything about that play. Um, but I think I kicked that. I, I think I kicked there. Uh, you're in a 13-7 game at that point. Turns it into a nine-point game. You get the ball starting out at half. Percentages, to me, speak stronger to getting that two-possession lead and, uh, and going to the halftime up nine. Well, look, I, 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 you can look at it that way. I don't know. you you got to understand the one thing that I try and put myself in that position of, and, and when I say I probably wouldn't have kicked it, you're at the one-yard line, and we always say it, and then we get away from it. Touchdowns win games, not kicking field goals. Yeah. I mean, kicking field goals will win you a game. But you got to score touchdowns. That's that's what every team says when the off. you got to score touchdowns. When we get down here, you got to score touchdowns. You're on the one-yard line. And I get it. Everybody's like, oh, well, they could have just quarterback sneaked it like they did the other time. or what. And those are options. But from the one-yard line, you figure you score a touchdown there, which you got to bet on your guys for, and then you get the ball back after the half. If you can get a 14-point swing out of that, that's basically nailing the coffin. It's over. Right. Well, you went from, from essentially, I mean, Amendola missed the field goal on the other end. You got 20 seconds left. You get a 57-yard play to, to Christian Kirk down to the one, which was remarkable because you did not expect to be in that position. I would have rather come away with something out of that swing right there because then you're talking about uh, they get nothing off that. You get three, and then the potential to come back out and, and uh, stack a touchdown on that first drive of the second half. So I, I get it. I get why Peterson said it. I get why people on, on Twitter were talking about uh, you go for that play. Um, but again, I with C.J. Stroud and how well that offense had played with, uh, you know, playing at Texans, how jacked that crowd was after that play. Um, I probably kicked that there in the running game at that point. I know it was a good play call and it just got blown up. But the running game at that point, I mean, Travis had 10 carries for for 10 yards at that point in the game. So I don't know if uh, if I make that call if I'm Doug Peterson. You playing the Chiefs? You kick the field goal? Good question. Well, I mean, a chance to if I, if if I'm at Arrowhead. I'd probably, I'd probably kick a field goal there. Too. You'd kick the I'd field probably, goal there, I'd too? I'd probably kick a field goal. Look, I, when you say how great C.J. Stroud was playing, and he that offense was playing, and that offense has shown the explosiveness that they can go and score points quickly, I think you got to maximize opportunities. And if you're down on the one-yard line, even with one second left, I understand why he said, look, got to go get the touchdown. Because the field goal isn't going to hold them off. They're going to score touchdowns. I mean – how many big plays did they have that were negated for one reason or another? Right. Just a slight overthrow. Penalty takes it off the board. They they ha- find a way to create explosive plays. 
You need to score touchdowns to make sure that you have space from them and try and deflate that building. Look, I get it. I know that one's going to be the talking point for a lot of people. Uh, why'd you go for it? Why didn't you quarterback sneak it? Why didn't you go up the middle? I liked the play call. I still think they were one block away from from doing it. Um, and you know what? Overall, it's, it's, it is what it is and kind of going to be one of those things where – it didn't work. It's going to be a talking point. Doug says he's going to do it again, and it, you kind of got to be aggressive with that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, and I get it. Um, I, you could go each way, and I think had, again, it, it's he, Doug looks like a genius if they punch it in, right. and uh, it looks like an idiot when they don't. So I get it. I totally understand it. But I, if I was me, I would have been a little bit more conservative there. You're, I mean, you're three feet to go. You've had luck with Trevor running the quarterback sneak. Um, Travis is not doing well running the ball, um, and I just think uh, probably a, a risky play in that situation with Blake Hans running out and, and kind of getting stonewalled there, uh, completely missing that. So, um, again, I, you're splitting hairs at this point. They won the game, but I do think I would have probably taken uh, the guaranteed points there. And, look, it makes sense. It, it, it Like you said, splitting hairs because they won the game. If they lost, it was going to be a huge talking point, um, but they didn't. So, you know, we'll move on with it and figure out what's next and, and, and where it's at. I, said, I still like the play, and overall, to me, I, the play call was designed with Ezra Cleveland not being in the starting lineup. Right. That changed some things. Should that have changed the play that they called in that situation? Probably. 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 But they, they like Blake Hans. They trust Blake Hans. And if, you, if I told you that the difference between a touchdown was a guard on a safety, like <laughs> nine times out of ten, you're going to be like, man, that yeah, even if it's the Jaguars' backup guard, you're like, oh, he can block a safety. He's got, what, like 100 pounds on the guy. Right. You know, so it, it just didn't work. Petrie made a great play. Hats off to the Texans. Um, but it's, it's, it'll be interesting moving forward to see if that situation does ever pop up again and just how Doug handles it. All right, one little bit of news. Um, as we're doing this, Jaguars just placed Cam Robinson on the injured reserve list. He's going to miss at least four games. I think the early reports were saying that it could be four to six weeks before that knee is ready to go. So going to be a little bit of time on the on the rack for Cam Robinson there dealing with that injury. Yeah, that's unfortunate for Cam because, again, he touched on it to begin with. I mean, he came back. The offensive line has played well the last two weeks, I thought. Uh, Trevor's not been sacked in the in the game at all. Um, he's learned to get rid of the ball, but I think you can see the the comfort Trevor getting uh, accustomed to the offensive line with Walker at uh, at left guard, Cam at left tackle. But now we're uh, we're going to get that Ezra Cleveland Walker little pairing at uh, left tackle and left guard. So we'll see if that continues. I thought the the line played well, and again you've got Walker with experience at left tackle. I don't think that's bad, uh, but you'd like to have Cam Robinson in there. He missed the first four games. He's going to miss probably. Uh, three to six weeks at, at this point, they've talked about the, the injury. With, he's got to miss four on, on IR. So uh, he's going to miss a month at, at the minimum. Um, you hope he's back to the playoffs. He missed them all last year. Yep, yep, yep. All right, Jaguars defense. we got to talk about this. Um, you know, uh, before the season, we've talked about this here on the podcast multiple times. Jaguars <laughs> pass rush. Um, and it's looking good. And, uh, it's looking it's, good. It's looking good for your guy. Yeah, it <laughs> Hey, hey, all right, look, we, we both basically picked a horse in this race. Right. Um, he picked Josh Allen. I picked Trayvon Walker. Uh, Josh is outpacing Trayvon, and it ain't close. Yeah, it's good, though. You, you like to see that. Trayvon, <laughs> again, he's not getting the, the hey, sack. Hey, over. hey, he got the sack he at did, the end. He, he, he was a, there. He cleaned up. He did have a, have a big half sack yesterday on that final drive. And uh, you look at 
that field goal at the end of the game, a 58-yard field goal by Matt Amendola, um, hits the crossbar. Had Trayvon and Josh not teamed up for that sack, if you're talking that pass rush does not sack them on one play, if it, say it's an incompletion. Um, you know, Josh had a sack for for 15-yard loss on that drive. That's Trayvon and Josh teamed up for a sack that lost nine yards. If they don't get that sack and CJ just throws an incomplete pass, that's nine yards closer. Mm-hmm. That field goal was short by a yard at, at at the very least. I mean, hit the crossbar. If it's up three feet, that's good. They're going to overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't like Jacksonville's chances in overtime at Houston. So that pass rush, I mean, Trayvon Walker is doing things that, uh, I mean, you're talking in a game of yards, that, that sack for Trayvon and Josh on Sunday was huge. I mean, it, it won them the game. And uh, with with one less yard on a on a sack, on a lost play there, the Texans possibly win that game. So huge play for Trayvon and Josh. You want to see those Trayvon plays more consistently? He was in the backfield so many times on Sunday. Josh Allen, 12 quarterback hurries yesterday, his career high. Uh, so Josh is clicking for him. He's got 12 sacks. Right, the the franchise record is what in a single season fourteen and a half. Okay, so fourteen and a half from Calais when uh, when he went to the Pro Bowl during uh, during that season, Yannick Ngakwe and uh, Calais and those guys were getting it done. So um, we'll see if Josh can get there. Seems like he's going to. With, with all this time left in the season, it's tough to believe that he's not going to get two and a half sacks to at least tie. I would love love to be Josh Allen's agent because that. Oh my God! You're you're adding zeros each uh, each few weeks of the game. <laughs> the dollar signs are just rolling in front of him, and like we've talked about it here, so I, we don't have to spend a ton of time on it. But look, the Jaguars have to find a way to to re-sign this guy. Um, that's it's not optional. It is it is a must happen. He was never a guy. I, like I didn't expect him to have this kind of season. Yeah. Same. But he was never a guy that I thought was in the in the cards for the Jaguars to allow a walk. I thought the debate was whether or not you franchise tagged him, see if he could do it one more time. But with this sort of production and some of the other question marks, you you got to put this guy in the long term. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think uh, I mean Josh bet on himself. And Jacksonville, you can't blame Jacksonville because they needed to see some consistency out of him. He had been way up and down, and he has put it together in his final season. And sometimes it takes the uh, years for the like to come on for, for, for guys in the NFL. Usually it's receivers, but uh, they take some time to get going. But, man, Jack, Josh Allen has um, – he, he just seems more mature. He's much more powerful, much more uh, jump, and uh, he's got more bend getting around the tackles. Uh, so you just you're glad you finally saw it with Josh Allen. He's too good to not get to that point. We've seen guys not get there. I mean, Caleb on Chase on perfect example, first round pick, never got there, never got there. So you just hope the light comes on. You just hope the light comes on. It has for Josh. It will for Trayvon. Trayvon's getting there, um, but a guy like Caleb on, it's not coming on for. Hey, speaking of the light coming on, you know, for some people it doesn't <laughs> come on. Caleb uh, on living in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> He's never paid his electricity bill. Um, <laughs> we talked about Trevor a little bit last week, and I, I thought it was interesting because you, you threw out Kirk Cousins, which That's I right. still think is preposterous. But Richard Sherman, who is one of the now more well-documented Trevor Lawrence critics out there, threw out Kirk Cousins as well yeah. on uh, on social media as, as his question mark around Trevor. And as I said, well, either Kirk is listening to the podcast or you and him are sharing notes because ain't no way— you throw, uh, even after these last two weeks, you still feeling Kirk Cousins-ish? 
Uh, you know, Kirk is con- Kirk is just consistent. <laughs> Kirk is just consistent, and he's put up great numbers. Had some good players to, uh, he's thrown to. Um, Trevor has more potential than Kirk for sure. But I think again, I go back to a conversation you and I had last year going into the season. If Trevor could get to that next cut of guys, twelve, thirteen, um, then Jackson would have that successful year, and obviously he did. But you know, Kirk Cousins is in that twelve, thirteen kind of window. He's that top ten quarterback, and he's not. Razzle dazzle guy. He's gonna, you know what Kirk Cousins' ceiling is for him. Trevor's got a higher ceiling, um, but at the point when you and I, when I threw out the Kirk Cousins, I mean Trevor's stats were terrible. More turnovers than touchdowns this season, um, and he has put it together these last couple games. Mm-hmm. So I do think Trevor. I mean, Trevor and Kirk Cousins on a paper, a sheet of paper, standing together. You're taking Trevor every time, but statistically. And, uh, you know, getting the playoffs, Kirk Cousins has been pretty solid. So um, I don't think Trevor's a game manager, as as uh, some people have alluded to, like Richard Sermon. Um, but I don't think he's a C.J. Stroud level either. So Oh, man. I, uh, Trevor is uh, Trevor is is not game manager-ish, and I think that's what Richard Sherman is alluding to. That was like, it was like, compliment, take it right back. <laughs> compliment, take it right back. All right, so um, – before we wrap this thing up, I got one last thing that we're going to do here. So the Jaguars have eight wins already this year. They're closing in pretty quickly on on what our win total predictions right. were going into the season. So now with the games that they have left on the schedule, going to allow us one option to revise All that right. w- that win total with a new possible win total for them to wrap up the season. To go along with it, though, I also need a seed. Where do you think they'll end up seated at in the AFC? All right, so, so let's see. I'm so the, gonna. All right, go ahead. You want me to tell you who's left on the schedule? Go ahead. All right, they got the Bengals this week. Then they got the Browns next week. Ravens right after that. Buccaneers, Panthers, Titans. All right, so they are at eight and three now. Mm-hmm. I will say I'm going to adjust my win total. Beginning of the year, I said ten and seven. By week, I said eleven and six. And I'm going to go now thirteen and four. I like it. I, I think when you look at the things that have broken down, and this changed significantly for me because mm-hmm. I thought that get, uh, the Bengals game was a loss. I thought Joe Burrow, they're hitting peak stride. I thought this the, the Cleveland game was possibly a loss. Um, you don't have Deshaun Watson anymore. You don't have Miles Garrett at this point. Uh, and I thought that Ravens game potentially lost. And I think they could beat the Ravens. Um, but I think there's six games they have left. I think they will lose one. And uh, they'll finish thirteen and four. I don't think they get to fourteen or fifteen wins. I like fifteen. I don't think they get to fourteen wins. I like the thirteen and four. Um, I'm right there with you. I think thirteen and four. And it was funny enough is I think the last went the l- l- loss last game against the Titans. Think so. Okay. I, but I, but I also think that's going to be a throwaway game. I think the Jaguars are going to end up being boxed in a little bit. Um, I don't see them getting the one seed. Uh, I'll go that they'll end up finishing as the two or three seed. Um, more likely the three than the right. two. Um, and I think that last week they'll go in there basically rest some of the starters, let the Titans finish the year with a win, and get ready for the playoffs. Yeah. I, so th- that's the loss I have on 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 paper. Because I, think- I think they match up really well with Baltimore. Okay. I, I so you think do. they run the table until week eighteen? I think. That's okay. It. All right. I think I think you run the table all the way through. Look, look, when you look at it, it's not that like it's not an imposing schedule. I think they'll run the table through. I think they'll take on Baltimore on, on in a big game. I think they match up just really well with what the Ravens want to do. So if you're if you're thinking they beat everybody at Baltimore, what's the Chiefs schedule? I know is somewhat uh, manageable down the stretch. So easy. So you're talking Chiefs one seed, Jags. 
two, possibly Dolphins two. Jags and Dolphins are probably in the race. I think the Jags could probably get that two seed. You need the Chiefs to lose to the Bills. I mean, that to me, that's probably your best bet. So the Chiefs rest the schedule. Packers, Bills, Patriots, Raiders, Bengals, Chargers. Yeah. Chargers to wrap maybe up the Chargers. year, maybe. The Bills, we've seen that Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen back and forth. There's something there. I mean, who knows? Maybe the Packers can get them in Lambeau. But – more than likely, it's that Buffalo game or that Chargers game that that and the Chargers you a shot. are going to be Chargers trying to get the Ducks at this point. That, that's the so. problem. So you know, I I don't know if the the Chiefs are going to slip up the rest of the way. If the Jaguars knock off the Bill or the Ravens, that'll put them ahead of them, mm-hmm. and then you're just talking about seeding with where the Dolphins slide out. So I, look, I I think the Jaguars could run it. I think they could. I think they'll get into that last week and try and rest some guys and get ready for the playoffs because you don't get that bye week as the two seed. Yeah, you're right there. You're right there. It goes right into week 19. That's it. Right into it. Right into it, which might be good for this team because we saw how they came out of the bye week earlier this year. (laughs) So um, we'll keep an eye on all of that. Uh, Thanks for hanging out with us here on the News for Jags podcast, and we'll see you next time.